Welcome to Family Sounds presented by the Night Nerd. And it's good to be back. This is our first Family Sounds in, we think about a year, and we're really glad to be bringing it to you. We got some cool stuff to talk about. I'm one of your hosts, Lance. I'm Derek. I'm Colby, and I'm walking around the yard because I have freedom now with Zoom. Yes. Hooray, freedom with Zoom. This is our first uh, big recording on Zoom. Colby and I have done a couple of well, we've done one, <laughs> so, yeah. and it, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, depending when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this when it goes up, uh, we are in some interesting times right now, uh, especially <laughs> in the comic book industry. Uh, there, there's not comic books being made right now, which is really interesting and really strange, and we did a whole show about it. You can go back and listen to it. But one of the kind of common threads on the the comic Twitterverse is when things do get back to the new normal, there needs to be a, another intercompany crossover. Yeah, big, I wanna... a big Marvel intercompany crossover. Yeah, Marvel and DC are apparently rumbling about doing some kind of big get the comic industry kickstarted event that uh, yeah, wanna... brings the two universes together. I want to say I saw Gail Simone, maybe the first person I saw that kind of started really, really tagging people and sharing ideas for stories and wanting who would do what story. And then as recently, just yesterday, Todd McFarlane had that big piece about how he really wants to do Spider-Man versus Spawn for a big event to bring people back to the comic shops when it opens. Brian Bendis posted a picture of Dr. Strange Fate and he was like, dibs. Uh, Josh Williams was quoting (laughs) people. Everybody was like trying to call dibs and I think that's cool. Which oh, yeah, I wanna I wanna kind of mention before we get into it the first well not the first well yeah I guess it is technically the first Marvel versus DC like they had crossover events many many times before that but you know back in the ninety mid nineties they had actual Marvel versus DC where we got to call in or go online or write in and pick winners and I was doing some because re- I have almost every single one I mean I have the entire main series but then when they actually yeah. get the amalgams the mishmashes i have almost every single one i saw one or two today that i had honestly never heard of that i didn't I, I used to own all of them and i've gotten rid of them and i've bought them almost all back and i've gotten rid of them so many times i really i wish my older self hadn't decided to sacrifice those at the uh the throne of trying to get a comic book store or a books to use bookstore going because i would have pretty much all of that stuff when it's weird most of them are like less than five dollars you can get them cheap but there's a few that are super expensive and that's kind of strange and then the trade which there's a dc trade and a marvel trade the dc trade you can get for 20 30 bucks but the marvel trade is like 300 dollars. Oh, and i think that's just i don't know it's weird i mean because they're not on comiXology they're not available anywhere and i think yeah. this would be a a perfect time for the Marvel and DC to be like, okay, we're not releasing new books, but we're probably going to release this on Comixology. Here you right. go. What do you guys think? Or, yeah, well, um, not just on Comixology, but I really feel like a complete collection trade, have, so, which would have the four issue miniseries and all the amalgam stuff. You'd probably have to do it as a two trade collection, but I really, or an omnibus, but I do feel like that would actually gain a lot of traction as well. Yeah, one of, going back to that big thing McFarlane had the other day, I think his idea of, having digital comics right now, but then when comic shops open, have a specialty incentives to bring people back. And I think if you had a deal where it was all the amalgam books and 
access books and all that stuff in a big omnibus or big trade that was only available at comic shops for the first like three months. Yeah. Do something like that just to try to bring people in. I, mean, I agree. I think there would be at least three copies sold between the three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but we wanted to jump on that bandwagon too, because that's what we do. And we wanted to come up and pitch a couple of intercompany crossovers ourselves. And uh, yeah, I you guys just want to dive into it? Sure. I will say all of mine uh, focused on Marvel and DC. Um, I, yeah. I really wanted to look at the big, big companies and see what they could do. Same. Yeah. Same. I did too, because okay. <laughs> you, start, you start going down that rabbit hole and it's like, well, then you could have Spawn and Hellboy and they could team up and mm -hmm. they could go over to The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could get down a rabbit hole real quick. The oh, when I was product. a kid. I um I absolutely came up with a Marvel versus DC type crossover, but uh, I had the whole thing plotted out, and it was it involved every comic book company and all of their major characters. And the only things I can tell you that I absolutely remember uh, from my gigantic pitch: one, there was going to be a whole mini series where Nightwing fought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, the, the actual cause of the event was that Nate Gray had gotten access to Dark Horse's The Mask. And The Mask had caused him to go completely insane and tap and access all of these different realities. Nice. If you <laughs> want to see it. something kind of like that, uh, Gen 13, issue 13, A, B, and C, we were talking about is a huge intercompany crossover uh, that yeah, that's apparently you can't find yeah uh, yeah like the information out there until you mentioned i did a deep dive and i mean online you can find next to nothing about the actual content of the book outside of oh here's this cover this cover this cover it's crazy yeah that's crazy bonkers thing. so i'll start off with uh, my honorable mention and the reason it's an honorable mention is because i couldn't quite get the pitch down like i knew kind of what i wanted but i, I wanted to do something kind of different and I wanted to do the Injustice universe of DC versus like the Squadron Supreme of Marvel. So you had like, oh, like, oh, that is such a good idea, right? But I was trying. I mean, I just couldn't quite make it work. Like I, I'd get started, and I was like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. And so you know, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Uh, maybe if we do another one of these, by then I'll have it ironed out. But that's that's my honorable mention is somehow some way sending the squadron supreme over to injustice and then figuring out like who because depending on what uh version of squadron supreme they're not always the good guys i almost so, feel like if you're using the injustice universe uh even though the uh the continuity for it got so screwed up there at the end i really feel like you should go with supreme power yeah yeah that, that the straczynski max stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's where i was leaning more toward um with with it this because yeah if you had the max hyperion versus injustice superman that would be an awesome fight I that think. would be that, that's tremendous but like i said i just can't quite work it out so that's why it's an honorable mention i agree I, that would be really cool i dig it man that's that's a great way to start this show off dude even so, it's just an honorable mention, I'm already like tingly. <laughs> well, 
Well, and it kind of paves the way because I wanted to do something a little different, you know, because there's so many things. And I, f- I figured there'd be a lot of X-Men on this show. So I, t- I didn't do a single X-Men in either of my crossovers. Neither did I. I thought oh. about it, but I did not. See, I figured um, both of y'all would would be doing X-Men. I, I, neither did I. <laughs> With I, I, I'm so invested and involved in what Hickman's doing, I don't want to try to second guess it or spoil it. I mean, Zadarsky did, and it's like the best. I, anyway, anyway, that's, a, <laughs> that's an off mic conversation. Um, but so I, I, you know, with the injustice and stuff like that, I want to do something a little different. So I want to have the Avengers 1 million BC that is being explored in Jason Aaron's book. And it's it's been a slow burn, but it's been really cool. Like when they do show up, you get some really cool things out of it. I want them to fight Vandal Savage at the dawn of time. Ooh, very nice. And it's going to be written by Jason Aaron because obviously the, there's his characters and he has me sold on them. And so what I did with my writer and artist is I tried to make sure one was a predominantly Marvel one and one, you know, if the writer's a Marvel guy, then the artist is a DC person. And my DC penciler is Riley Rosmo, who I'm a huge mark for. I love, but after his Martian Manhunter series just wrapped up, thinking of him drawing like the Ghost Rider on a woolly mammoth and the Vandal Savage leading the cave people and just that kind of dirty raw style, I think seeing him do dinosaurs and stuff like that would be really neat. But then because of the avengers one million they have you know odin is there he's not like big almighty odin quite yet he's basically thor and then you have a phoenix it's i mean it's not gene gray but you have a phoenix so you could get some cool space stuff in there too and let him just run wild with that and i i would trust aaron with the plot so that kind of how you were with hickman i was like i'm not going to make up a plot on this but I just think Avengers 1 million BC versus Vandal Savage, done. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Not only do I agree, your writer-artist pairing is going to show up later in this very show. (laughs) 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 In a totally different context, but I think think that writer-artist pairing, I I, I had also considered it for a different project. Uh, So you are, yes, uh, I am am 100% down for that. Yeah, Riley Ross. I am too. He's he's probably gonna be my artist of the year. Like everything he touches, I just I love, absolutely love. I've been going back and reading older stuff, like uh, his Constantine with. Uh, I was about to say I I adore his Intendians Constantine, and it did not. I will I will go to the grave saying that his Intendians Constantine did not get the uh, critical and fan praise that it deserved at the time, because it was the closest to traditional Hellblazer that uh, we have gotten since the book became non-Vertigo. Yeah. True. Very true. It's been great. Uh, Derek, what's your number one or your first one? I I don't really have these as like number one, number two. It's like the first one, the second one. Mine are actually two and one. I'm, I'm, I'm going up the scale. But uh, before I do that, um, if I had an honorable mention, it would be the from the podcast that actually inspired us to do this one. Colby and I did a, um, a look at our personal favorite uh, intercompany crossovers from, from your and then 
kind of pitched a what we would want to see in the future. So my, my honorable mention would be the one I had from that, which was the uh, doing another JLA Avengers crossover. This one by Brian Bendis, uh, Jason Aaron, and Scott Snyder with art by uh, Jimmy Chung, Jim Chung, and um, uh, George Jimenez. And just being like, make it six issues, make it 12 issues, make it however long you need for those absolutely batshit insane writers to come up with the most off the wall, uh, cosmic defying crossover you could for those characters. That's my, um, <laughs> my honorable mention. My, my number two, uh, I want to go, as, as much as you were kind of going off the wall, I wanted to go with something probably the most traditional, most classic um, intercompany crossover format you could possibly have and that is uh invaders jsa by mark wade and barry kitson and it's exactly what it sounds like the invaders and the jsa initially mistake each other for nazi saboteurs they fight before teaming up to take on um a re or a united red skull and i believe the character's name is masterman uh whichever one is the the nazi like superman from um yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. He and he and the Red Skull team up, and the two teams initially fight, but then they team up together uh, to uh, to take on those bad guys in World War II. It's a four issue miniseries written by Mark Wade and drawn by Barry Kitson. The team, not just behind Empire, but also behind the J JLA Year One from the late 1990s. Uh, like I said, it is the most classic setup you could have for one of these but honestly times being what they are i'm kind of feeling like phil colson in the avengers right now maybe a little old-fashioned is is kind of what we need just a, some old-fashioned fisticuffs of good guys fighting nazis you know i, I like how we're progressing through time like we start in ancient history <laughs> then we're still in the past with Derek. yeah but no that sounds really cool i mean i think that would be something not overcomplicated you know something that would just like you said just be a fun read i think that'd be really cool yeah it's 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 a meal that goes down easy you know i agree i think that'd be freaking awesome that'd be really cool have uh, a really nice like i said kind of a almost a gold and silver age just team up but in a modern era right exactly what about you colby so looking at my stuff my honorable mentions i did lie there is one excellent mention on here i forgot about so i'll go with that as my honorable mention because I want uh, Swamp Thing X-Men. Oh, okay. And, oh, I forgot. I had titles. Could it be Krakoa Grows Green? Uh -huh. Have And it'd be a Hickman, Lemire, and both Cubers. Okay. Holy shit. I, I would, yeah. Yeah, 100% down. You sold us. How is this an honorable mention? It's I like don't... you and Lance both. It's like, how did you, how are these your honorable mentions, guys? I would, uh, I don't know. I don't have a story for this one. It'd just be. I don't know if Swamp Thing does stuff with Krakoa. He can talk to plants and they, they want to see the tribal greens of that universe. Him and Black Tom, like, he drives Black Tom crazy or something. Because yeah. there's a powerful force coming in, talking to the, the or green. Or maybe Black and... Tom, and Tom kind of takes on the role of the Floronic Man and yeah. Swamp Thing is like, he's, he, you've lost him, he's gone. We have to, you know, for the, for the good of the green, we have to, you know, put him down. And Xavier's like, we don't kill mutants and... There you go. See, there. that's why we brainstorm these ideas. <laughs> uh, but my actual first pick is a very obvious one for me, but I had to do it still because it would be one I would love the most. Uh, this is Black Metal, Batman and Venom team up. 
the most Colbyest Colby yeah. event and ever. Of course, the team. The teams are you: the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Donnie Cates, Ryan Segman. Yeah. I mean, it could not be, yeah. And even enough thing, you have Null and the Batman who laughs infecting the Marvel universe with venomized anti-nightmare versions of heroes, and Batman and Venom have taken him out. That sounds like fun. I, I yeah. can't lie. That sounds like a tremendous amount of fun. That way, yeah, you get I all mean, the weird versions. Craziness everywhere. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Plus, I would love to see Capullo and Stegman's art style. How they would, I think they'd complement each other pretty well, actually. You're right. Uh, yeah, they they'd play off each other really interestingly. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much for that one outside of black metal. Seems too easy not to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, bringing it back around, my next one is more traditional type, and. <laughs> One of my characters is The Flash because I love The Flash and especially Josh Williamson's run on The Flash. Although that's not my writer for this. Uh, one thing I like about The Flash so much is especially like the Wally West Flash, but even even Barry is, they're pretty quippy. Like they're smart, but they have fun little one-liners and stuff. Uh, a lot like our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Ah. So I was like, okay, Flash and Spider-Man. And another thing that Flash and Spider-Man have in common is their rogues galleries are so amazing. So I would have Flash and Spider-Man team up to fight the rogues and the Sinister Six. Okay. Uh, you know, and even, it wouldn't even start with the confusion because they're both men of science. They both have seen crazy things. So just be like, I think you're a hero. I think you're a hero. And while they're trying to figure it out, then you would have, you know, Captain Cold and the Scorpion show up. Uh, the, the rogue, because really the Rogues and the Sinister Six, most versions of the Sinister Six, they just want to take down Spider-Man. Same way the Rogues just want to take down Flash and just let them, you know, they're not going around murdering necessarily. Like they kind of have a weird code. And I think when you look at, the more traditional Sinister Six with Doc Ock and stuff. Um, they may not have quite the moral compass that the rogues have, but they're not like the carnages and stuff right. out there. You know, they, no, they the, the Sinister Six exists to destroy Spider-Man. That's yeah. why they team up. If they want to rob a bank or something, that's something they do on their own. If they're getting together, it's because they have a beef with Spider-Man. Yeah. And my writer, um, in the 90s, he was very big marvel writer but he's gone over to dc and is cranking out one of the most underrated books out there in red hood outlaw and wrapped up the flash forward miniseries that course corrected wally west and that's scott labdell because he just he can write that fun kind of witty quippy laid-back hero and that i really like and then on art umberto ramos just because yes. his Spider-Man Spider is killer, and I would love to see what he would do with the Flash and the Speed Force. So that's a, such a unique creative team, man, because, man, Scott Lobdell is kind of persona non grata as far as at least the internet fandom is concerned. But he is uh, he's definitely a hero of mine, and I feel like uh, we all here at the Nightmare have a huge soft spot for Scott Lobdell. So to actually give him such a big, high-profile 
profile, excuse me, assignment that he would legitimately knock out of the park with those characters. Um, man, bravo. That's a really good call. And I don't, I didn't deep dive in my research. There's probably a chance that those two have worked together on an X-Men book somewhere in the nineties. Right. Uh, but you know, I just, Ramos, his stuff on Spider-Man over the last couple of years, I, it's weird. I don't consider him a Spider-Man artist. You know, for me, he's a, he was always like an X-Men artist, but yeah, with his Spider-Man work, he's kind of making himself just a, oh no, you can draw anything. Like not just awesome X-Men, you can draw awesome Spider-Man. Like, and see, Spider-Man I would say, so I would say Roberto, Humberto Ramos is probably a top five Spider-Man artist for me. Because he drew, probably. He drew the spectacular Spider-Man run with Paul Jenkins that I still hold in, in such high adoration. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. So, yeah, he uh, he's definitely he, – he's a name that is very close to the top of my list. He's not number one, but he's no. a name at the t- at very close to the top of my list for, for Spider-Man art. And you're – I absolutely agree. I think he could draw just an amazing flash. Oh, yeah. I think he would knock it out of the park in every way. Derek, what's your what's your follow up on that? What's your number two? Well, once again, I, I kind of feel like I'm I'm actually kind of going against you a little bit, man, because my number one, my big my big amazing crossover idea. Neither of these characters are a favorite character of mine, but I would die to see them together. My number one is called Spirits of Vengeance. It's the Spectre versus Ghost Rider, Ooh. the Spirit of God's Vengeance versus Satan's Spirit of Vengeance himself. Written by um, Jason Aaron <laughs> and drawn by Ra- Riley Rosmo and Mark Texaria. Very cool. I have no story for this. I kind of see it as like one of those, you know, back in the 90s, they used to do the like 64 page prestige one shots of, mm-hmm. of uh, intercompany crossovers. That's kind of what I see this as. Just do it in one big story. Uh, God's Spirit of Vengeance versus Satan's Spirit of Vengeance. I have nothing for it beyond that, but it's Jason Aaron. So, you know, it's going to be completely insane. Well, so just off the cuff, my pitch on that would be you get somebody who is like a Constantine-style character where it's like heaven and hell both hate him, but neither wants him. So you have this character who, okay, who's going to punish him? And God is, you know, maybe maybe kind of the flip, like God's like, oh, no, we'll take care of this one. But Satan's like, no, 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 I got this. And that's where this this character, because they border like, really fine line of good and evil they don't really know who is gonna go after him dig it yeah no yeah i was about to say something similar i think throw in uh constantine and i of course me i put angel in there too but throw them in the middle of that oh no that's actually a really great idea because we do we do need somebody from both realms for that to make sense or even have like the specter going after angela and ghost rider going after constantine so constantine and angela kind of have to find each other uh in order to you know help repel each of their personal like vengeance demons that are coming after them Ooh, i would read that i mean in that but knowing constantine they'd probably sleep together first Oh, of course. Even though she's at least bisexual, if not a lesbian, he would probably get in there. I mean, hell, he slept with uh, Captain Lance, and she's her bisexuality definitely leans towards uh, the feminine side, so I could absolutely see that happening. Anyway, uh, that's my pitch. I wanted to see Jason Aaron write Ghost Rider again, and I was just, I was reading 
uh, a, um, I've, I've been reading the Legends maxi series on DC Unlimited or DC Universe, and somebody referred to uh, the Spectre as a God's Spirit of Vengeance, and I was like, oh, well, there it is. There's my story. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I do want to point out, Angela has been a bit of a necrophiliac in the past, so I don't think she's below Constantine. Fair. <laughs> the match made in purgatory not heaven or yes. hell but a match made yeah. in purgatory <gasps> I think that's that, your catchphrase that, yeah <laughs> that's, that's the uh, spirits of vengeance a match made in purgatory yes oh, we have that's... made this book guys <laughs> I want to read that book yeah <laughs> uh, Obi what's, what's your last one? Oh, I'm proud of, this is the one that I was very excited about because <laughs> this would be in my vision, the final book of whatever this event would be. You have, uh, of course, Miracle Man, Flex Mentalo crossover, Miracle on Muscle Street, Neil Gaiman, Grant Morrison, J.H. Williams. Oh, geez. Nice. What a prestige team. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have uh, basically, you have these two characters kind of born of this weird meta nature of comic books. They, you have access just sitting there in Dandelion, upset, and it's them basically doing a Christmas story of taking access to different major events in comics history, but showing them through a new lens. And then you have the big final splash page with, with Miracle Man, Flex Mentalo, Superman, Axis, Deadpool, uh, Dr. Manhattan, Thanos, Dream, X Men, Doom, which I'll throw them all in there, Avengers, JLL, all on Danny Street, just hanging out, eating ice cream, having a good last moment. <laughs> That is so sweet. I, I'm so glad that um, you or somebody, but especially in you in this story, actually brought in Access, who is a character that has gone criminally underused oh, since yeah, go, the initial uh, Marvel uh, DC crossover. Go super meta, make him all all sad because everything's very dark, and he's very upset about the work, the way his universe is going, and what's going both on. Both universes, he has access yeah. to both, and he's been tripping back and forth through both of them, and being like, "This is hell. These exactly. are these are hells." Make it make it a on the nose unifier of what it is, but have Morrison and Gaiman who can actually handle that, and J.H. Williams who can do iconic, the one person who could do I think everyone I mentioned justice. Indeed. So this is where my mind goes off of that. Now, I wish I would have pitched like a, a ambush bug, impossible man, Mister Mixopitic, like all of those type characters getting together yeah. trying to fix the multi like. Hey guys, you gotta throw Bat Knight in there. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to think the other who Marvel has. It's kind of besides Impossible Man. Because depending what you read, Mister Mixopitic and Impossible Man are the same person. Right. Exactly. But then they also know each other exist. I don't know. It it depends which what volumes you read. But uh, yeah, that would need to have and then i guess have deadpool since he knows he's in i was gonna say you you need deadpool as almost your audience point of view character Uh, at that point oh yes no you're right it has to be gwenpool she's such a better character for that because she understands comics in a way that wade thinks he does yeah um i actually have one more honorable mention and this is the one where it was like i wanted to do it but i just could not come up with anything for it because even though they're both future stories, their future stories are far too far apart for them to, to make, I feel like, make anything real of it. But I really wanted to do a Legion of Superheroes 2099 crossover. No. But, but the 2099 universe has been changed and updated so many times in a different way than the Legion universe has been changed and updated so many times. Plus, like I say, there's still about a thousand years between 2099 and 
the time of the Legion of Superheroes. So I, I, I didn't know quite what you could do with it, but that was that was one of my initial pitches that I, I, I just left on the pad. Well, the Legion, they time travel a lot. So you can be like, they try to jump back to our time, but undershot it. So there's yeah the time trap the time trapper sticks them in 2099 instead and they almost get murdered by uh, Alchemex or something like that yeah it's it's definitely doable yeah it's there you just gotta yeah tweak it I uh the only other well, I had I had several that I wrote down just Angel Wonder Woman of uh, course is one that I was like well, I'll make that happen I don't know how and then she shows up on Demoscara and like wreck shop and so they're like yeah. wait a minute who are you. Exactly. You have yeah. to make it more of a of a um, uh, Themyscira than a, than just Wonder Woman. But of course, Wonder yeah. Woman's name would be in the title. So, and again, it's not Marvel DC, but the one I want to make happen just because one of my favorite characters, my brothers, and I love the name. I want to, uh, of course, spawn Flash just because I thought of Speed Demon, and I want to see that book just because <laughs> the name. Oh, that was when we were talking about in our group the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to. What did I pitch on that? I came up with something kind of cool. Oh, yeah, you did. I can't even remember, but it was. Oh, the speed force leaks in the oh. hell. That's what. Yeah. It was. So all these demons are escaping, and they have a little bit of speed. But then Spawn gets a big chunk of the speed force, and so he and the Flash have to, yeah, round up all the demons. I, I I'll be off. See that learning curve of Spawn being like, I have super speed now, and you know, you could have some fun with it. Yeah, for sure. I'll be honest, at this point, I don't know. Spawn has got, he probably already has it at this point. I don't even know. He has everything now. He's turned into, at this point in comics, he, he had, I don't, you are right though. I've never seen him run fast. He's, or do like the shaky through molecules thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. He's more He's more Pepe Le Pew than. <laughs> that is true. I've, I don't know if I've ever even really seen Spawn in a like straight up running pose for more than a single panel. Yeah, that, that would be thing. fascinating. Yeah, that'd be that's, great. That'd but that's be... our ideas. So we'd love to know what you think, and you can drop us a line below in the comments or on social media. Just look for the nightmare. Look for blah blah comics, blah blah curse words, out there and everywhere. We'd love to talk to you. Hopefully, things get back soon. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm excited and curious all at the same time. It'll, it'll be good. So on behalf of Colby and Derek, I'm Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.